This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The grain markets closed the week mixed. Livestock markets closed the week higher on Friday. U.S. commodities market analyst Don Rose says there's a lot of risk premium coming out of the grain markets. And I think it's the real question mark. A lot of publicity, a lot of... uh talk with the pro-farmer tour going through here, uh, concluding. You know, I think in the end what you really found out is pro-farmer wasn't a whole lot different than the uh, USDA NAS numbers, Um, not enough to make a difference. And I think really what we're looking for is this week we took some risk premium out of the market for improved weather. Last year we were at lower prices. We had uh, the weather was non-conducive to the crop. Uh, Crop continued to sink, demand increased. So This year we're at higher prices. We've got it looks like we're going to have some rains come through, although that'll be Sunday night's trade. uh, And uh, three rain shots that give us a better chance of some moisture, particularly in some of these dry areas. USDA did not report any soybean export sales to China on Friday, breaking an 11-day streak of purchases. Here's StoneX Group Chief Commodities Economist Arlen Suderman. Yeah, at 801, I'm looking, and uh, wow, it's the first day since August 4th that we didn't have a flash sale report from USDA for the sale of soybeans to China or unknown destinations. They've bought a lot of soybeans since then. They need U.S. soybeans for October delivery, uh, and that means they need to be loading them up from the Gulf of Mexico now because there's not very many soybeans going to be going to the Pacific Northwest with this year's short crop in the the northwestern belt, uh, and it takes a little over a month to arrive from the Gulf of Mexico. Early harvested soybeans will need to get loaded quickly. The problem may be... Once they get to China, they may have to sit in port for a month because China's port congestion problems because of its pro, uh, COVID protocols. Um, so uh, while crushers there are feeling like there's no problems right now, that situation may change in six weeks. But for now, it's allowing prices here to fall. Iowa State University Extension economist Chad Hart says China continues to be one to watch. As we're thinking about whether it's the corn, the soybean, or the wheat market, China has been um, incredibly aggressive over the past especially 12 months. And some of that's related due to, you know, just, you know, the growing economy there, the rebuilding from African swine fever. But some of these sales are also linked to that phase one trade deal we signed with them back in January of 2020. And one of the things I'm watching here is, okay, we're under the sort of the last several months of that, that deal sort of if you will, expires as we get to the end of 2021 in terms of what's required. On Friday afternoon, the Catalan Feed Report was released. More details will be available during Country Morning on the Red River Farm Network on Monday. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Sarkov's relief spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed. And I know firsthand the impact Sercospra has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Sercospra. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available pending approval in select beta seed varieties in our American crystal market for the 2022 growing season. Beta seed, breeding confidence. The Red River Farm Network Crop Tour. Presented by Pioneer. Join us Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, August 25th, 26th, and 27th for a look at current crop conditions and a focus on 2022. 
We'll be walking corn and soybean fields across North Dakota and Northwest Minnesota. Listen for special coverage on the Red River Farm Network and find updates online and on social media. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture. The Red River Farm Network. With a look at news this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. A lot of farmers will be filing crop insurance claims this year due to drought. That according to Ivory Insurance agent Mike Kazed. Crop insurance is that backstop to protect farmers. The prices are high, so any bushels that they're short of their guarantee, obviously they're going to get paid a, a good price for it this fall. So uh, that's the... Uh, that's the silver lining, I guess. Uh, you always want to have the bushels, but uh, the price is up there, so we are uh, we are going to have a, a chance at uh, finding our way out of the woods on this. But Kazed stresses that losses must be documented. Keep your production straight. The adjusters will do a great job of, uh, of uh, getting that uh, put together for you. Uh, you know, we've got everybody's got different unit structures, whether it be optional units or enterprise units. Uh, good records are are always key, and uh, that makes the whole process go smoother. During the Irie Insurance Agency meeting held Thursday night in Hope, Irie Insurance highlighted a margin protection insurance product as an option for pricing the 2022 crop. A major infrastructure package continues to work its way through Congress, and cattle producers are concerned about the pay-fors in the package. National Cattlemen's Beef Association Vice President of Government Affairs Ethan Lane explains. For that next drop, right, that $3.5 trillion package that Nancy Pelosi has signaled is a must-pass along with infrastructure for her caucus in the House of Representatives. That is raising a tremendous amount of alarm bells in this building. Ranchers are inherently in a business that is land-rich and cash-poor. And as we try to make sure we pass on what has been built from generation to generation on to that next generation, those tax provisions that allow us to maintain value in property are critically, critically important. You simply can't maintain the family farm or ranch without them. And tax policy discussions were highlighted during a congressional panel discussion at Dakota Fest this past week in Mitchell, South Dakota. Farmers and ranchers expressed concerns about changes in that tax policy. South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds, who was a panel participant, says said the concerns surround stepped-up basis. Rounds adds that there will not be a Republican support for the $3.5 trillion reconciliation package. The Senate is divided. They have to have every single Democrat vote. We're actually lobbying our Democrat colleagues about how serious this is, and there's three or four of them that understand it. We're trying to give them enough backing to where they feel comfortable challenging their own party about how bad this really is. One of the reasons why so many of us work so hard on the basic infrastructure package is because we do need roads, we do need bridges, we need to be able to do electric utilities, we need to do water projects and so forth. The underlying things in that bill, though, there were some things in there that I simply couldn't support or else I would have been supportive of the bill. Hopefully in conference we'll get some of the bad stuff out and I'll be supportive. U.S. dairy farmers will receive $350 million in COVID-19 relief through USDA's Pandemic Market Volatility Assistance Program. 
USDA will reimburse qualified dairy farmers for 80% of the revenue difference per month. Based on an annual production of up to 5 million pounds of milk marketed and on fluid milk sales from July through December 2020. Payment rates will vary by region, and that announcement is one of several USDA is expected to make regarding COVID-19 relief for dairy farmers. And that's been a look at news this week in agriculture. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Megan Overby. Research shows only a third of Minnesotans know a farmer. With that number declining each year, the work of the Minnesota Corn Growers Association to build connections with the non-farming public is as important as ever. Outreach in the Twin Cities puts corn farmers and their commitment to conservation center stage at major sporting events, fills the airwaves on the radio during commutes, and is the focus of advertising online. Sharing corn farmers' dedication to stewardship while providing food to the world is one of many ways Minnesota corn grows Minnesota. Learn more at mncorn.org. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more. This week in weather, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Rain is in the forecast. There are three storm systems. DTN meteorologist John Baranek is watching. Thunderstorms always miss a few places. One and a half to two inches of rain is possible with the heaviest amounts in central North Dakota, east into Manitoba, Canada. Models are really kind of keen in on that area. It's not just having thunderstorm, but some good wraparound moisture. Uh, we've got two more systems behind that, though. So even if people... Uh, are unlucky with this first one and don't see much rainfall or don't see anything at all. We've got two more coming back up, uh, coming through the area. One, the next one here would be Sunday night into Monday morning. Uh, a little, it's not going to be as intense as the one that comes through Friday into Saturday. And then the last one in this series, probably the weakest of the three, um, will be coming through sometime around the midweek. Drought keeps worsening across Minnesota and the Dakotas due to warmer temperatures. Exceptional drought conditions remain in northwest Minnesota. Exceptional conditions worsened in Norman County in the last week and are now trickling into the northern part of Clay County, Minnesota. Much of the remaining portions of western Minnesota vary from moderate to extreme drought. In North Dakota, the exceptional drought circle in the central part of the state is getting bigger, now stretching into Griggs County. In the Red River Valley, exceptional drought is growing in Eastern Trail, Grand Forks, and Cass Counties. There's also exceptional drought in Golden Valley County in western North Dakota. The rest of North Dakota ranges from moderate to extreme drought. South Dakota has an increase in drought in the northeastern part of the state. All of South Dakota is experiencing dry conditions ranging from abnormal to extreme drought. The drought changes the physiology of a plant. Pioneer field agronomist Clyde Tiffany says that's pushing corn and soybeans to maturity. You're seeing the, the beans turning. You're seeing corn fully dented. Once it hits dent stage, it's usually about three to four weeks before you hit black layer, which is physiological maturity. You still got to deal with dry down. But if we continue on this piece and I on this pace, we're going to see earlier harvest for, for both crops. Tiffany was part of this week's Pioneer Revolution plot tour in Morton, North Dakota. In northwestern South Dakota, cow-calf producer Eric Jennings says there are severe to extreme drought conditions like many other areas of the state. Finding good forage is difficult 
difficult right now, but finding affordable forage is even more difficult. Uh, it's, it's a pretty tough decision. There's uh, $250 a ton hay is kind of what I've been hearing, probably a little more than that to get it delivered. It's, it's such a wide area around us that, that is dry that it is pretty tough to find that, that forage. Uh, we had a really great uh, hay crop in 2019. We tapped into that quite a little on the carryover last year, and um, it'll all get finished off this year, and, and we'll, we're going to run short. Silage harvest is beginning. Out Dakota State University Extension feedlot specialist Warren Rushi says corn silage conditions vary across the map. Fields that are four or five foot tall with no ears uh, to other fields that you know really aren't bad. They're just uh, we just lost some grain yield, but the you know silage tonnage and uh, and amount of dry matter from corn really won't be too far off of normal. Check the moisture. Uh, these plants are wetter than they think they are just by a roadside view. Once we do that, uh, you know all of the the basic standard things we talk about on silage, getting the chop length right, getting it packed really well, getting the pile covered because that's going to, you know, that's like, a, you know, losing 20, 30 percent shrink loss. Depending on the drought stress, a nitrate test may be necessary for silage. Southern Minnesota Beet Sugar Cooperative will begin its pre-pile campaign next Tuesday. Vice President of Agriculture Tanja Selyus says early August rains really help the crops. It's been dry and warm since, so it's starting to dry out again, but we're feeling really good where we're at right now. Our last root samples uh, that we got in the middle of August were uh, very encouraging actually some of the best we've ever had and uh, right now we're forecasting about a 29 ton crop. That's a look at this week in weather. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. There's something special about owning farmland. Maybe it's that feeling of running your hands through rows of corn, the smell of fresh cut hay, or the sounds of livestock enjoying their summer grazing. Egg Country Farm Credit Services understands because we feel it too. If you're considering more farmland, talk to the experts in every field. Contact your local Egg Country office today. Potato News is back. Join the Red River Farm Network every Thursday for updates on crop conditions, potato markets, policy, and more. Potato News is presented by BASF's Zidua Herbicide for residual weed control, Gowan USA, and Corteva AgriScience. That's Potato News every Thursday on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.